This is the Conduit Church Teaching Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's our mission to be a conduit of Jesus to the community in front of us and the world around us, starting with the teaching of His Word. Enjoy the message. More than a name. We're going to wrap up our teaching series this morning, and quite frankly, everything that has happened this morning up until this point was kind of already like a sermon in and of itself. So thank you for preaching the sermon. I'm done here, and... Um, Wow, it's an amazing morning. First service was the same. But more than a name, Conduit is more than just the name of this church. It is a kind of church. It is a type of church. And one of the reasons we wanted to have this sermon series was to help kind of describe why we have a, a goofy name called Conduit Church that you drive by on Lewisburg Pike with this sign that says Conduit Church. What? What is that? We hear that a lot. We get that often. Many people have asked, like, why conduit? Because it's a kind of church. It's a kind of church that we're reminded of in John chapter 15 when the Lord says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Abide in me and I will abide in you. It talks of this being connected to the source, that he is the source. And we are to deliver that, um, the spirit of Jesus, to be in the hands and feet of Jesus, to be, um, to, to be a conduit of joy, to be a conduit of hope, a conduit of freedom, all of those things through Jesus specifically. And so this sermon series, we have had the opportunity to, to kind of share the, the, the why, who, how, and what of conduit, been very intentional about this. And a few weeks ago, we learned about the conduit vision, which is our why. Why do we do what we do? And that is to be a Jesus church, quite simply, to be a Jesus church, not a Moses church or an Elijah church or a Darren church or an Eric church, but a Jesus church, okay? An Eric church, a Newberry church. No, a Jesus church. Forget Eric. And we're on mission. We're the, the who, to the community in front of us and to the world around us, to our neighbors and to the nations. That is who we are to be a conduit to. And then our purpose, we learned last week, Darren taught, our purpose is the how, that we would be living stones, each of us assembling together using the gifts and the abilities and the talents that we have to be conduits of Jesus to one another, sharing life together. And then this week is our kind of the what, the conduit creed. If we could distill it and narrow it all the way down to these four things, it would be the what. Devotion to discipleship, or more, maybe even simply put, devotion to Jesus. Like, what is conduit about? If somebody was to ask you, what is, what is this church conduit church even about? It would be our prayer that your response would be that they are devoted to Jesus. And then that would be enough, that that's okay. Because that's all that matters. The Conduit Creed is really, uh, a creed is just a statement of beliefs that help us guide how we operate. And uh, we feel like that is kind of mapped out for us in Acts chapter 2. If you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 specifically. This is going to be a review for many of you and perhaps new for for some of you. Um, This is a, uh, a cornerstone chapter and verse for us at Conduit. 
Acts 2.42. This is uh, being presented to the early church, the first church, as, as Peter and the, the, the new believers, 3,000 of them, had assembled. The Holy Spirit had come and had invaded the community. They had just witnessed the, um, the, the, the death in the burial and the resurrection of Jesus. And he had been on the earth for about 40 days until he ascended into heaven. It was during that time that the Holy Spirit came and fell upon a community of those that saw and believed. And 3,000 of them now had formed the first church. And they're asking the question, now what? Well, this is now what? They devoted themselves. In verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and prayers. And that's it. That was enough. Where it says devoted to, really it's talking about being devoted to discipleship. Those four things are kind of these pillars in which that we've kind of built this idea of what a church should look like or could look like. It's a map for us. And these four pillars really kind of sum up to what discipleship looks like. And even in that word devoted, devotion, the definition of devotion means to be profoundly dedicated. That's what that means, to be profoundly dedicated. So I ask, are you or have you been profoundly dedicated to something in your life? Think about that. It's kind of a big, hefty statement, really, to be profoundly dedicated to something. And maybe, maybe for some of you, that is... Um, through your gifts and talents, maybe musicians like these guys, these guys that are up here today that led us an incredible time of worship have clearly been profoundly dedicated to their craft. Really good. Or maybe it's a skill set, maybe it's artwork or it's sports or it's a, it's a certain gift or ability that you have that you've dedicated your life to that. For me, as I'm kind of assessing and, and learning and, and, and thinking about this being profoundly dedicated to something, for me, what popped into my head um, to be honest, is my wife. That I've been profoundly dedicated to my wife and her to me because next month will be 22 years of marriage. Woo! 22 years. The most patient woman in the room sitting right there. Bless God. Profoundly dedicated, but that doesn't come easy. It requires sacrifice. It requires intention. And it requires focus. It requires us to, to give up of our time and maybe our, our dreams and aspirations and all these different things that you have to do to work together to be dedicated to someone or something. And that is exactly the devotion, the, the heft, the level, the weight of the devotion that is described in here when we are to be devoted to these things, to Jesus, to the church. And Unfortunately for us, many times we don't default to devotion and discipline. Like we're, as humans, we're really bad at being disciplined. Like we default to distraction, right? We default to discouragement. Um, it's, it's hard for us to stay on track. Maybe I'm speaking to myself. It's hard for me to stay disciplined with about anything. But we are to be devoted, profoundly devoted and disciplined towards these things. This is what the Lord is asking of us. And specifically, we're going to walk through these four things in the very limited time I have left this morning. We're going to, we're going to look at these four things, what it looks like to be devoted to these four things, that these four things would be the, the, the absolute principled items that we could take away from being a church. What are these four things that we could devote our lives to? 
as a church, as a church body. And that first one is the word of God. The word of God. We will will be devoted to biblical truth, the authority and the power of the word of God. The inerrancy of the scriptures and the living word of God, we stand as a church, we stand upon that as our guiding source. He says that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so as the world kind of creeps in their idea of what truth looks like, as we are bombarded daily of what your truth should be or my truth should be, we, we, we discount that, we disregard that and say, no, there's only one truth and that is found in the living word of God. If that's a hill that we need to die on, that will be a hill that we die on as a church. And it grieves us to even have to preface that, to even say that. But this is where we're at and it's a hill we'll die on the truth, the authority, and the power of the word of God. Many times through our sermon series, we will uh, we'll go verse by verse, chapter by chapter. It is a discipline for us that we will um, learn how to study the scriptures. As the word goes through us, we go through it. Some things happen. The, the living word of God is alive. And it will hit you in a way, maybe you've read this passage 300 times, but in this moment, in this season of life that you're in, it hits you brand new because it's alive. It speaks to you. It speaks to you hope and clarity and wisdom. In that moment, as the Holy Spirit works through the scriptures, it takes work, requires habit and discipline and dedication. And it's our prayer that you would be devoted to this. You would be devoted to the word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Those aren't like fluffy words there. (laughs) Rebuking, correcting, training. These are guardrails that we put in place. The word of God is one of the guardrails that we put in place to help us point and stay towards being devoted and a disciple of Jesus. Without it, man, we end up in the ditch super quick, don't we? We end up in the ditch. We get off track. We're off-roaded. We're way over here. The truth in the word of God keeps us on track. And these are guardrails that are, need to be implemented in our life towards righteousness, as it says. So we have the word of God that we're devoted to. And we're all de- also devoted to fellowship. This is another verse that we, we have printed around in different places of the church. And we talk about it often. But this idea of fellowship is uh, that we live shared lives together. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. That when we gather, some amazing things happen when we gather. Case in point, the example presented this morning. Operation Freedom was birthed during 2019, 2020, because we decided to gather and do something in the name of Jesus. And it happened. And so when we live these shared lives together, man, some amazing things happen. It's so important that we spend time with one another. You know, I think of my own family. My, my family has been a part of Conduit Church for 12 years, which means my two boys would have been 12 years younger than they are now. Simple math. Which would, have, would mean they were about seven to eight years old when we entered into the life of Conduit. One got married a year ago and is about to have a baby this fall. And another one's getting married in two months, which is mind-blowing, by the way. 
but the shared life with many of you in this room with my family. That's, I, see, I see the Rojas's right here. I saw the Phillips earlier today. Those that have been around for 12 years that have done life with us, have shared life with us when we needed somebody to come around, come alongside us during really hard times that we went through or to celebrate these incredible things that are happening. We can celebrate together. Living a shared life brings life. Living a shared life brings life. So whether or not it's your small group or a meetup or I'm preaching to the choir because you're here today, gathering in this room, you are encouraging and inspiring one another just by you being here today. By the laying on of hands of one another, praying, singing, some amazing things have happened just by gathering today. Fellowship. They dedicated themselves to the word of God. They dedicated themselves. They devoted themselves to fellowship and to communion. It says the breaking of bread. We're called to remember the sacrifice. Remember the sacrifice. That's why we do this. This is why we have 27 ways you can do communion on a Sunday morning. All over the room. I remember uh, a couple years ago, we had the communion moment. People were just wiping tears away and spirit was really moving. People were getting choked up until we realized later somebody come, came and found me and said, I don't know what was on those crackers, but man, those were spicy. <laughs> and we figured out that the, the, the tears that were being cried were, were from the pepper garlic crackers that accidentally got ordered as part of the body of Christ that day. Um, and then somebody put in a request for cinnamon, and I was like, no, we're, we're, no, we're not doing that. No, not doing that. But communion, we have communion. It's a regular part of our gathering. You may ask, why does Conduit do this each and every week? Why do they do communion all the time? Well, this is staple to who we are. This is one of the hills we will die on because it says, take this and do it often. Why would we do this often? Why would we remember the sacrifice often? To keep us humble in the proper position so that he may be high and lifted up and be reminded that none of this is about anything that we have done. And it's something that we can receive and is a gift. And we are reminded of the blood shed for our sins the remission of that, the cost paid, his body broken for us. It's a reminder. May we be devoted to that part, to being reminded every week, every day, to put us in proper position to receive. They devoted themselves to the word. They devoted themselves to the fellowship and communion. I want to read this verse real quick under communion. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. 26. For wherever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. There's, there's two couple truths. There's, there's few truths in that one verse. Proclaim his death, meaning remember the sacrifice. What's the back half of that verse say? Until he comes. He's coming back, y'all. <laughs> He's coming back. And with the hope of glory that we have, the hope of glory that we have is, is reason enough to remember, to remember. And then prayer, the fourth thing, prayer. 
really a prayer is, is an act of communion in and of itself. We, it's kind of a branch off of communion. It's an uh, act of communing with God through worship, um, through confession, praise, or thanksgiving. We actually had prayer this morning while we were singing. Many of these songs are prayers. Um, by praising him, praying, praising, same root word. It's an opportunity for us to pray and to talk with God. It's all prayer is. We would have a conversation. And maybe for some of us, it should be less of a conversation and more just listening. Right. And I think for some of us, and again, I'll, I'll speak for myself, it's, um, I want to do better at that. He, he calls us to bring our requests to him, to bring our supplications to him, to make our requests known to him. So we do that. But also it's in the stillness and in the quietness of just being in his presence that we can hear his voice. In, in the middle of the chaos that the world brings, after we walk out of these doors today, and we're right back in the world, it can get loud and noisy. So it's important that one of the devotions that we have is to prayer, that we would find that quiet place, we would find that time to spend with the Father. So the only thing that we hear is his voice. Prayer. Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Big verse right there. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. When we live shared lives together, when we are in fellowship with one another, um, we are able to lift up one another in prayer throughout the week. We are able to, to go to bat for that person that may not be able to say or think or, or make known to the Lord in a way that makes any sense. So we come on their behalf when we live shared lives. We lift up requests for one another. It happened in my life this week. I had a really good friend who is going through something just horrific this week, brokenhearted. And he asked, Mo, can, can you pray for me? I can't, I don't even know what to say. When living shared lives allowed us to come alongside him and his family and lift them up in prayer this week, and I know that's happening all across this room each and every week, the relationships that you have in here. We have a prayer team that meets every Monday morning. It is a war room band of prayer warriors that are going to the throne on your behalf. I don't know if you knew that, that that happens every Monday at about nine o'clock in the morning. It's coming. But they are going to the battlefield, the front lines in prayer for you. And so many times you'll hear, if you, if you have any prayer requests, um, put them on the connect card, the, the card that's in front of you. There's an area there for prayer. If you would just write that in there, put those in the boxes or in the connect center, Someone will be praying for you this week, starting tomorrow morning. It's very important for us as conduit that prayer is a focus. We're actually going to launch our next sermon series next week. Darren's going to lead us through Psalms chapter 42. We're going to have the summer of Psalms for these next several weeks. The summer of Psalms. And we're going to dive in specifically to how to pray when, fill in the blank. How to pray when, I'm discouraged. How to pray when, I'm lonely. How to pray when I'm depressed. How to pray when I don't know how to pray. David gave us a pretty good outline 
for what some prayers could look like. And so we're going to take the summer and go through the Psalms and we're going to learn how to pray because it is a part of our creed. It's part of an essential part of who we are as conduit. All right, so look, they're devoted to these four things. This was the result, the rest of this chapter. Acts 2, 44 through 47. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. It's probably with Chick-fil-A, I'm guessing. I mean, that's what it would have been at my house. Bless God, yes. <laughs> Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And in that Greek, saved really means rescued. Those that were being rescued, that was you. That was me. Those that were being rescued, added to their number, those that were being rescued spiritually from addiction, from bondage, from oppression, from depression, from loneliness, rescued and given hope. We have a really tangible way to see uh, those being rescued right now through Operation Freedom. Like we have a real tangible way to kind of get our head around that, right? We have these amazing pictures, these incredible stories. Operation Freedom, rescue. But that's also us here right now in this room. You can be rescued from whatever that thing is that you are drowning from, that you're being tied down with, that you are just overwhelmed with. Hope is available for you today in the name of Jesus through the truth of the gospel. It's available to you. We would love to walk you through that and be with you. There's a whole room of people that love Jesus and would love to tell you about that. Just ask. Just come to him in prayer. Again, you may not even know what to pray, and that's okay. You don't have to say a thing. Just be. Just be. And so this conduit creed, these four things found in Acts 2.42, which, by the way, if you haven't connected the dots, that is why our small group is called 242 Groups. Okay? This is the central focus for why we do what we do, Acts 2.42 and Acts 2. But it's these four things that set up guardrails for us, again, to keep us out of the ditches and on the path to Jesus, that we would be devoted to discipleship, we would be devoted to Jesus. And these things keep us on track. And one of the ways that also helps keep us on track is kind of how we govern our church body. We have uh, an elder board. There's seven of us that meet once a month um, to discuss the, the leadership and direction of the church. What's really cool about those is those end up turning into prayer meetings uh, where we're just lifting up the church body in prayer. And one of those elders is, is Mike Howard. Mike and Anita, if you guys would come, go ahead and come on up. Uh, Mike not only is an elder, but he's also a staff pastor. We brought him on as a staff pastor um, this past year. And it's one of, the, one of the greatest decisions we ever made is to have a pastor of pastors. Um, allows our, our pastoral staff and our, and our staff and our team to, um, to confide in, to get wisdom and direction from both Mike and Anita. They are a power team, a power couple. And we are just so honored and blessed to have them as part of our guardrails for Conduit. Share. Thank you, Mo. As he said, my name is Mike. This is my beautiful wife, Anita. She's not going to say a word today. She's just going to smile at you. That's okay. 
She's really good at that. Um, and we are blessed to be able to serve and minister to the staff here at, at Conduit. Um, it's really a privilege, and I, I mean that sincerely. Um, burnout and <clears throat> disillusionment are rampant in the church as far as gospel ministers are concerned. I mean, there's statistics, there's stories, there's podcasts. We've all uh, been familiar with those. Um, what we are trying to do is be the preventative medicine for that so that that doesn't happen to our staff. We are experiencing tremendous growth here. Um, it's very easy, or it would be very easy to get really caught up in that and focus on becoming even bigger, better, whatever, um, and in the process, leave a lot of bodies behind us, and we are not going to do that. We want to make sure that everyone is feeling or is being taken care of, being well cared for. One of the ways we do that as we meet with people is to simply spend time with them and see them as whole people. They're not just hired to do a job to help us accomplish our goals. They're whole people. Um, they have families. They have, uh, you know, they have to take care of themselves physically. So as we're talking to them, we're asking them these questions. We're asking them, how's your devotional life? Are you spending time with God? Um, how's your family? How's your marriage? Are you getting enough rest? Are you working too much? Are you taking Sabbath rest? Those are the kind of things that we're asking them and talking them through. And there's been a couple of consistent themes throughout the, the year in our staff meetings. Uh, and I want to give you just a little glimpse behind the curtain as to kind of the things that we talk about. One constant theme has been that we want our leaders to be being with Jesus leaders, not doing for Jesus leaders. There's a big difference. And I've spent a great part of my life being a, a doing for Jesus guy, and it just about did me in. So what we're focused on is this, this vertical relationship being the primary way to get filled up and then out of that fullness, ministering, doing the work of ministry out of that fullness. So it's not about, you know, as human beings, we are, we all want acceptance, we all want affirmation, and we're going to get it one way or the other, or we're going to try to get it. So as gospel ministers, you can either try to get it through your relationship with the Father, or you, if, if not, you're going to try to get it from men or from people. And that is never going to bear good fruit. So as we focus on the vertical relationship, we are spending time in personal worship. We are uh, spending time in the Word that's not just related to preparing a sermon or a lesson. And some of you in this, in this uh, auditorium today, you may be victims of this. Maybe in the past you've been in ministry and you've been burned out. You've been disillusioned. So this message is for you as well. But we want to be people that are acknowledging that we are all in the middle of our own transformation. We are all being transformed. But the way we're transformed is through that individual relationship with the Father. So we are, we are really encouraging everyone to have a robust personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then doing the work of gospel ministry out of that. The second continual theme has been that being in gospel ministry is spiritual warfare. 
If you don't understand that aspect of it, you are on the fast track to disillusionment because I can tell you that it is opposed. Satan hates what's going on here. He hates the church. He hates us. He wants to take us out. He wants to take our pastors out. He wants to take Darren and Mo, and he wants to take us all out. So if we're not aware of that, we're going to be in trouble. Now, we don't have to be afraid of it. We are simply aware of it. We're alert. We're watching for it. And thirdly, we're taking authority over it. We have the authority given to us by the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have to wield that authority. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to have a, anyone who's on staff, please come to the front, spouses, pastors, staff, all of you, come up to the front. We're going to have a time of prayer. We're going to ask you to join us in that as we pray protection around them and blessing. So these are our people. These are our people. Um, <laughs> So I, I'm going to ask you to not mess with them, please, because we feel very protective of them. And if you do, you're going to have to deal with her. So she's much tougher than I am. So please join us as we pray. Lift your hands. Raise your hands. Actually, let's have everyone stand <clears throat> and join us as we pray for them. For them. Father God, we thank you that you hear us when we call. We thank you that you are all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing. And Lord, that you've put a calling on, everyone who's standing here on the stage has a calling on their life, and you've given that to them, Father. So we ask you in Jesus' name to equip them for that calling, to make their calling crystal clear to them. We pray protection around them from the enemy. We pray protection around uh, their hearts and their minds. We pray protection around their marriages, around their families. God, we ask you to protect them from uh, disillusionment. We ask you to, to protect them from all the spiritual attacks that come their way, Lord. We ask that in Jesus' name, and we take authority over the enemy now. We bind and banish the enemy from, uh, from them, from us, in the name of the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, we are not just on the defense, but we are on the offense. And so we ask for great boldness for them. We ask for you to give them courage. We pray for wisdom and discernment. God, we pray for insight for them as they minister to people. Lord, we pray protection that uh, they would protect their own hearts. Lord, you've told us in Proverbs to, uh, above all else, guard our hearts because it's the wellspring of life. So we pray protection around their hearts. We pray that they would not lose their first love, Lord, but that they would be in love with you and that they, their gospel ministry would flow out of that love, Lord. Revive that love in them, Father, so that we remember why we do what we do. This isn't about us. It's not about us building our own kingdoms. It's about advancing and declaring your kingdom. Lord Jesus, you alone are worthy of all glory, of all honor, of all praise. And so we are lifting you up today and asking you to help us, Lord, in all humility to serve you with full hearts, Lord, to uh, be filled with the hope of the gospel and to share that, Lord, to be filled, to be rooted and firmly established in your love so that we can then love other people 
God, we need you today. We're asking for you to richly bless them so that they'll have long and fruitful ministries. And we're asked this, we ask this in the name and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I know I'm a little biased. You can stay standing. We're going to dismiss. But we have the best team ever assembled for this church. I, I promise you. Yeah. An incredible skill set that has been assembled <laughs> to, to run this church is just unbelievable. And I don't know if you've noticed or not, but we've doubled in size the past year, uh, which meant we've had to expand our, our staffing as well. And the people the Lord has brought to us have just been it's very humbling. It's a very exciting time. This week... Be devoted. Put your guardrails up. Keep you on the path towards Jesus, pursuing Jesus this week. And come back next week as we jump into the summer of Psalms. You guys have a great week. <laughs>